0: Why, hello there, and welcome back to Wittenberg Radio. We're so glad you're here. I'm your host, Carol LeBlanc. And I'm your host, Andrew Stace. We have a very special episode for you today. We invited two students who are part of the Fall 2022 Estamos team into the studio to give us the insider scoop on CMU's new study abroad program. If you haven't already heard, last year, CMU launched a new program called Estamos, a semester of living, learning, and working in Guatemala. This opportunity allows students to complete 12 university credit hours that can be applied across the broad range of CMU's undergraduate degree programs. According to the CMU website, students who participate in Estamos will discover educational, vocational, and personal growth through a unique combination of academic work, cultural immersion, learning tours, and exploration. If you're interested in studying abroad or immersing yourself in a different culture, stay tuned until the end to hear more about how you could make that happen. Let's jump right in and
1: meet our guests. My name is Signe Rohr. I'm in my third year at CMU. Um, I'm in a social science degree, so just kind of following my interests, um, which I'm really enjoying getting to follow my like favorite profs around. And just (laughs) hearing about cool stuff. And hi, my name is Mia Lepke. I'm in
2: my second year of studies at CMU. And I am also in the social science program. That was something that I did discover in Guatemala with help from (laughs) Signy. So, yeah, I also am really on the path of just following my interests and see where they take me. And, yeah, it's been really great.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you're both here So my first question for you both is how and why did you decide to do a Stamos?
2: I feel like when I've always wanted to do a study abroad, I was really interested in out of town when that was a thing at CMU. And I was just kind of needing a break from school. I was thinking, like, maybe I should I take a year off and travel or work for a bit? Um, And then this opportunity came up, and just instantly I was like, yes. And there wasn't really a time where I considered not going. It just fit so well. And I I wasn't really sure about, like, the credits and the practicum, but I just wanted to try something new and get, like, a different learning experience. And that's exactly what I got, and it was great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, really similarly, I just wanted something different and like I have really enjoyed learning and like hearing about things in the university setting that's been a little bit different but also I just like wanted some time when I wasn't filling out reading forums and going to lectures and worrying about essays and things like that and there is a little bit of that in the program but in just a really different way and I think yeah that non-university learning experience is what I wanted and as Mia said like exactly what we got. That's so refreshing when something fits so well like (laughs) that. I feel like
0: that's awesome to hear that that was both of your experience. Mm -hmm. So one feature of the program is the opportunity to take part in an intensive practicum in Guatemala. I'd love to hear about both of your placements and what
1: you learned during your time there. Yeah, so my intensive practicum was around the Big Lake in guatemala lake at mm-hmm. and um we were living around a bigger city santiago and in a, like a smaller town really close by um and i was with perry weeb and ainsley um rowan Kiev? yeah that's her last name <laughs> um and we were working with an organization um called utcaslimal which is um good living in the indigenous language of the area and that Pre-COVID was an organization working to educate visitors to the area about indigenous living and indigenous ways of life. Um, However, like post-COVID, it's a little bit more like an Airbnb. (laughs) And um, part of our experience as well was working at a coffee co-op farm. So we were weeding like little coffee plants, like prepping nursery bags and working with compost, Um, which like we're volunteers. So like, do people have stuff for volunteers to do all the time? Not necessarily. But so much of that experience is building relationships and, uh, yeah, creating a life of your own in a different place, which was something we really got to do in that small town because we were able to take our own transportation and, like, go for coffee after work and, yeah, build relationships with the families we were living with, as well as, like, the people we'd, like, see in town. And that was really (laughs) special.
2: Yes. I was also in the same area in Santiago, just outside, and I was with a different organization, called Anadesa. And this had two separate kind of programs to it. One was a women's program that helped women become entrepreneurs and learn different skills um, to create their own businesses. And the second part was a kids reinforcement education program. And that was the one that I was helping with. Um, So it was kind of like an after school kids brought their homework and you helped them. And then we did some supplementary learning after the school system works a little differently there, and I didn't fully grasp exactly, but I, I think that school ends in November. So I was actually there over their summer break, so we were doing, like, additional supplementary reinforcement. So my job, like, every day was planning an English lesson, and then I would teach this English lesson to them in Spanish. Um And that was really cool. It was really cool connecting with different students. And there was two different locations that I kind of shuffled between. So then when I would, like, remember a student from last week, it was really cool. And they would remember me. Um, But also lots of challenges just with the language. Because everyone in the area we were in spoke different indigenous languages. There's, I believe, 26 different indigenous languages in Guatemala. I think it's
1: 22. Oh, 22. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Signe.
2: Yeah. so Spanish was actually everyone's second language and my Spanish wasn't great I was still learning so that was a challenge in itself but it was cool seeing like the different ways we connect one way is like the kids were like drawing so we would normally draw together for like an hour at the end or they would get me to draw them a picture or we would like play memory sometimes so just like cool seeing the different connections and I feel like I was there with um, Kayla Chartrand Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the way like we bonded with the whole staff there was really cool and like leaving at the end we just like yeah, it was just like really cool how close we got with all the staff there as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, those both sound really awesome. Like such a hands-on and mm-hmm. unique like way to learn more about. Like they both sound like it would fit into your field of social science. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you'd be able to take those skills and bring them back here for your work in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's totally. Really awesome.
1: I think the six of us who went each were in different degrees. Yeah. So Kayla's in psychology. Malcolm's in biology. Uh, Perry and Ainsley are both in IDS, and then we are now both in social <laughs> science. Yes. But I think all of us found helpful things in our practicums, and, like, the experience in total is a practicum. All three months of living there is applied skills and learning things and, like, going back home to your host family and immediately learning this, sp- like, using the Spanish, you learned that morning. So, yeah, but I think there's something to be found for everyone. Yeah, definitely. And yeah like just using depending on where you are in your degree taking what you have learned already and how these experiences fit into that and then I really valued like having more of my degree left and taking this experience into mm-hmm. my future studies
2: yeah and it's interesting because you were in social science and Perry and Ainsley were in IDS and you both you were in the same practicum but you mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. can take different things from it and yeah. different pieces stand out more totally and, Yeah, you you really kind of like shape your own experience with the practicum Mm -hmm. and take from it whatever you're kind of looking to get out, which is neat.
0: Yeah, I really like how you said that all three months are like a practicum, like Mm -hmm. you're learning so many things, like things are constantly coming Mm -hmm. at you and you have to deal with it or you kind of process it differently. That's awesome. So I know you both said like you were interacting with locals and speaking like different languages. Mm -hmm. I know for me, when I went to Guatemala, I didn't know any Spanish. So it was kind of like a shock having to go from like a country where everyone speaks the same language Mm -hmm. as you to a country where like no one speaks the same language as you and they don't speak like you don't you're not on any level Mm -hmm. of the same there yeah what was that experience like for you like was it easy to kind of catch on or how did you find the process of learning spanish while you were in the country
2: i went in and i had previously done three days of duolingo so it wasn't much we got there i think our first day of classes we had this diagnostic exam Mm -hmm. and i was completely like i didn't know anything and i was like oh boy this is gonna be tricky um but i was pleasantly surprised uh how like quickly well not necessarily quickly but like it was a really cool language learning process especially because it was like two students and one teacher so it was very mm-hmm. conversation based and we did it for 3 hours every day And it just, I was very motivated to learn it and practice it because that's the only way I could communicate with my family. And I previously knew French, so there was a lot of links there. So often my Spanish teacher only spoke Spanish and no English. So she would be saying something in Spanish, trying to explain it when I didn't know Spanish yet. And I'd be like, I think it's like the same word in French. So then that really helped me like pick it up.
1: Yeah, totally. I also found um, previous language learning really helpful. I knew German previously and i didn't think there'd be much like yeah (laughs) similarities there but even um knowing a language or having the experience of like trying to learn one before was really helpful um in my spanish class it was me and perry and she had learned french previously um and she's like fluent in french so a little different i don't know (laughs) german very well um but that was really helpful because some of like the lessons like felt a little bit familiar um even though, like, Spanish was totally different. Mm -hmm. Um, My host family in the city also spoke quite a bit of English, so I didn't have that, like, same, like, deep dive, but something that I found helpful along with that, because sometimes they would feel like speaking English to me, sometimes they just spoke Spanish. You never know. (laughs) Um, But being at Spanish school with the rest of the CMU students, it was really helpful because we could reflect with each other, like, what was hard and what was easy, um, and, like, have that, like, English speaking time and like be with the Canadians a little bit was helpful to just like have that refreshment every day and get to like balance that unfamiliarity with familiarity. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's really helpful to know too that you kind of went in and you were like set into a group with people kind of similar to you Mm -hmm. and like they didn't just kind of throw you in like they took they came to kind of your level and then yes. took it from there. That's yeah, really helpful. Absolutely.
2: And I yeah. also found our Spanish classes very, like, self-guided. So mm-hmm. if there was something you were particularly interested in learning, the teacher would, like, go down that way. Or if you had a question, they would kind of take it that way. It wasn't like they had, like, a set in stone mm-hmm. lesson plan that they were going to follow. They just kind of took it where you wanted to go, which was really nice, especially if there was like certain things coming up at the dinner table and you're like, Mm -hmm. I just don't know enough verbs to be able to like say what I did today or something. Mm -hmm. Or like, I don't know the objects that they're pointing to. So it was really neat that way.
1: Yeah. Really like helpful pairing of experiences where you understand what Spanish you need to know in order to really relate with people. And I think Perry and I didn't necessarily take advantage of that like self-guidedness until Mm -hmm. the end, but that was really helpful because By the end, we knew enough that we could kind of ask questions and then we'd be talking about different things. Like we talked about the experience of living through a pandemic in Guatemala City with our teacher um, who has like her own unique perspective and her indigeneity and talking about that in Spanish. And it was really helpful to have a space outside of your host family where your teacher just has patience for you to like wait, formulate the question in your brain and then say it. And then be able to ask clarifying questions as well, Mm -hmm. because sometimes in the host family, you're just trying to get things done. You're trying to know when dinner is and there's not that same (laughs) like, Yeah. yeah, like space. But yeah, it was really helpful to have those both of those things happening at the same time.
2: Yeah, and also I feel like the we all I feel like developed really close bonds with our mm-hmm. Spanish teacher and they weren't only teaching Spanish but I feel like they like gave us a lot of like cultural context. We'd be mm-hmm. like this happened last night at supper and I don't know why and then they'd be like, "Oh, this is why it happened." So just like another person you could talk to when you didn't yeah. really know what was going on. Totally. Yeah.
0: That sounds like a really fun <laughs> experience. Mm-hmm. And I know I I feel like I can relate to when mm. you're like passionate about learning the language and you kind of want to know what's going on that makes Mm -hmm. it so much more fun and like easier to catch on and kind of find the things you do want to learn like you both said Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah awesome so my next question this program really opens you up to learn a lot about yourself and the world as you already said Mia that you kind of found what you're passionate to start studying Mm -hmm. through the program I'd love to hear a story about a moment where your perspective changed, or you gained new knowledge about something during Estamos.
1: There was a specific cafe pretty close to our like Spanish school, the seminary that we were kind of faced out of, um, and it was also a greenhouse. So it was just like great vibes. There was so like cool. there was like smoothies with like popping boba in them, and, and it was like oh <laughs> yeah, and they had crepes. It was really good. So then one day after something I think
2: it was after our final Spanish exam
1: oh yeah and then it was you and I in Perry I think and they (laughs) (laughs) were playing this like Disney music in the cafe (laughs) and I am very passionate about my degree I think it's the best one ever (laughs) you know I'm just like this is so fun you just get to like do what you like yeah that's the
2: best and I was confused about my degree (laughs) yeah and
1: me I was just like juggling a lot of like interests and I was like same and then while the Disney music was just like rising <laughs> in the background, I was like, "Do a social science degree." And then we started crying. It was so good.
2: It was a powerful moment. Yeah.
1: Do you remember that differently at all? Or?
2: No, that was pretty accurate. I don't exactly know why I was crying. I think I was no. partly laughing, partly. Yeah. Th-
1: I think the music a had a really big. It was like I the surge ha- of the excitement. Yeah.
2: It did, but just in Guatemala, I feel like I had it was like a different space than university because I had a lot of time to mm-hmm. reflect. And I also do feel like I put a lot of pressure at myself at the beginning. I was like, I'm going to figure who I am out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to know like everything. It's going to be like this transformational experience. And I think that was that time the cafe was we'd been there for like a month and a bit. And I was mm-hmm. like, I haven't figured anything out. This sucks. Yeah. Um. And just like thinking about it, like, oh, maybe like we would do different things. And I'm like, maybe this is like my calling or something. And mm-hmm. it was just like very big scale. Yeah. So I feel like. It was really nice having people there and time to, like, discuss things. And I feel like Signe really helped me realize, like, it doesn't need... Well, it kind of was a big moment, but not like I was expecting. Mm -hmm. Just, like, you can just, like, see where your interests take you. And that was really what I liked Mm -hmm. about the social science degree. And that was really cool. And just, like, having the space to, like, talk with the people there and, like, talk with your families and, like, get new insight. Because I feel like in a regular university environment we wouldn't have had like the same like time just to like Mm -hmm. because we talked about degrees so so much much. we pulled up degree audit forms all the time all the time
1: i loved (laughs) it it was
2: really cool and i feel like that's not really related to guatemala but it kind of was with
1: the like the culture of the Mm -hmm. experience if that makes sense totally i think too like taking (laughs) a step away from your studies uh this is like really wonderful because you can still do it in the context of CMU, but it can give you like a different perspective of like, where are you going? And then like, what have you learned so far? And like, you're in this like very real life scenario and like, are your studies helping you there? Or like, are they taking you further to things you're interested in or like able to connect deeper with your experiences? And I think, yeah, like that was a helpful reflection for me as well of like, Oh, like this is helpful. And like, this is like, helping me connect to this experience like my social science degree and like oh I hope to narrow my studies this way um or like I want to follow this path and see where it takes me and I think yeah it's like a really generative generative experience in that way
0: that's such a cool story that's a good one I like that and thanks for sharing both of your perspectives that's super cool and to me it kind of sounded like going back to what you said before how all three months are, like, the practicum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it gives you, like, the space to kind of work through those, like, questions that you had and, like, come to, like, those moments of relief where you're, like, wow, this is such an awesome thing that I could do here at CMU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm I'm so glad that you both <laughs> kind of had that space to kind of feel those things together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: I think it's a really – I've had the opportunity to live abroad a few times, and I think doing it even – not necessarily in community-based ways, but just with people that are, like, a little bit more familiar to you than, like, the country that you're in, Mm -hmm. um, is really special because you kind of share thoughts that you wouldn't because they're the (laughs) only people there. Um, So as you kind of take in your experience, you're kind of like, oh, this happened and this is what I thought about it. And, um, And have people who you wouldn't necessarily encounter just in, like, my, for example, my life at CMU. Mm-hmm. Um, the only person I knew going into it was Perry, and I like had a couple classes with Ainsley. and never seen Malcolm before because I don't take any science classes, and um, and like getting to like build really cool friendships because we're just all like tossed into the same mm-hmm. space. Uh, really creates like a different quality of friendships that you just make out of like natural occurrences yeah um and it was really helpful to like hear back from those people as they encountered their experience differently than i and i think that was a really cool Mm -hmm. yeah it seemed
2: like at the beginning just like a super random group of people Mm -hmm. like i remember once we were in the airport and we're like okay so when people see us as a group like what do you think like do they think we're like a math team do they think (laughs) we're like going to play like basketball like i don't know i was just like how, how do people how would they perceive us being related? Because it just mm-hmm. felt like random, like none of us yeah. really crossed paths at CMU at all. We weren't in very similar streams, mm-hmm. but it was really cool that way. Cause like, I feel like each person kind of provided something different to the group. And it was really mm-hmm. special in that way. And we all connected like a lot quicker and easier than we thought just because of that shared
1: experience. Yeah, totally. And like part of I think the Guatemalan culture helped us because the first day we were there, <laughs> we were going to climb Pacaya, which is a volcano close to Guatemala City, and we were in the bus for hmm. how many hours? I think
2: it was like three. It was only sp- it, it wasn't supposed, supposed to, be to like, take what, long,
1: like forty five minutes. Yeah,
2: but traffic. You, yeah, as traffic, you probably know,
1: <laughs> classic. So we like sat in the bus literally had known each other for four days yeah (laughs) at this point I had brought like a card game that like has questions so we like went (laughs) through those and we're like and it was like the first impressions kind so we're like is this person a coffee or a tea person and it was just like a fun way to connect and like make use of that time um and I think that really set the tone for the whole like, as we're saying, like, the practicum experience of three months long is, like, when we had those in-between times, they became times to connect with each other and the people we were around. Um And in Guatemala, there's just lots of those times. There so, is. Yeah. There, there is just a lot of, lot of those times.
2: Guatemala time. Guatemala time. You just go time. with the flow. Which was a yeah. very nice change of pace. I'm a yeah. chronically late person, <laughs> so it fit well.
1: Yeah, I me, mean, it was early. I was
2: early to everything.
1: <laughs> That's so funny. But, yeah.
2: Yeah people like prepped us for that like oh everything kind of just happens in its own time and we we're like yeah whatever i'm sure it will be like somewhat the same and then we go to church on the first sunday we were there mm-hmm. and we like arrived a bit late to church and i was like oh no we got to get in there but then the pastor wasn't there yet yeah and then church started like 45 minutes late when like everyone was there mm-hmm. and then went like an extra like 30 minutes yeah so it was very fluid yeah and it was very chill yeah
1: <laughs> totally Yeah. That was really interesting too. Like experiencing that as like the North Americans because we were um, with some American students as well. Um, So the North Americans like needed to be on time and then everyone else was just kind of wherever (laughs) they needed to be. Um, But that was really cool too in terms of like valuing your time and like Mm -hmm. taking the time you need and how important like relating to people is. Yeah. In the Guatemalan culture is really cool to see and it's really interesting like where people's priorities are and how yeah. gracious they are with each other because I think it takes longer than I would expect um, in mm-hmm. my like, Canadian perspective.
2: But yeah, it's a really big on like if you're like running late for something, but then someone stops you to talk. I feel like I here like in Canada mm-hmm. would have a tendency mm-hmm. to be like, sorry, I'm really in a rush. I got to run and like not make time to have conversations mm-hmm. with them. But there it was big on like, if you want to like sit and have tea longer with your host family and then mm-hmm. like, maybe you miss the bus and get to school, like, later. That's totally chill. And it's, like, really important to make space for those conversations, which is, like, a very nice change in perspective. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like I should continue, like, mm-hmm. doing that here. It's just not as acceptable, I feel Yeah, because
1: like. everyone else is in a rush, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's really interesting. I, I definitely resonate with that.
0: I really liked all those anecdotes. I feel like they kind of speak to how... Like, a study abroad program isn't just, like, an academic learning Mm -hmm. experience. It's, like, such a, like, emotional, like, also Mm -hmm. cultural worldview kind of life view Mm -hmm. sort of experience where you can kind of learn so much more than you can in a classroom. But then also take those skills and then translate them back if you do want to go back to school. Yeah. Yeah. awesome. Totally.
1: I really, like... Like the your use of the word emotional, I think every time I've been away for an extended period of time, it's absolutely been that. And something I found really important in my experience in Guatemala was I was coming from like a really busy season, just like a lot on my plate, a lot on my mind, um, and just like very quick turnaround, and like brought it all to Guatemala. And it was really important for me to be aware of the way I was narrating my experience to people back home, because. There was times where, like, I was having a hard time and everything was unfamiliar and I was eating beans much more often than I was used to. (laughs) And um, how to frame that in a way that I'm speaking positively for my own sake, as well as those, like, who could be concerned about me or who want to know how I'm doing. And, yeah, I think that was really, like, a life lesson, too, And the stories that I was telling myself were really important to the experience that I was having. And to be encouraged towards like framing things positively when I was like, I don't really know, like this is weird or like this is difficult or like I'm not like my Spanish is not good enough yet because it's the second week and mm-hmm. um, or like this little like miscommunication happened and it made me feel weird and how to be like, you know, but like next time I'll know more Spanish. So then it will be different or I'll know this person better or like, it is just another tool in my arsenal of, like, cultural and just, like, in general difference relating. Um, and, like, yeah, reframing those things, I think, was really important.
2: Yeah. I Yeah, I really agree with that. And I feel like keeping an open mind was something that I was, like, mm. continuously being taught there. And I feel like I'm still trying to implement it, but, like, we would have something on our schedule for the day and I'd be like in my head I'd be like ah, oh, do we like really have to do this I think the best example of this is when we were visiting the cloud forest and we were following the schedule of their program that they had there so they have like exercise hour every day in the afternoon and then they're like okay everyone's going out to the field and playing volleyball and soccer and all of us were like are you serious? Like we have to do this. This is like, I just want to lay in my bed mm-hmm. and have a snack or something. Mm-hmm. But they were like, no, everyone's doing it. So we put our rubber boots on and went out to this field and they like, divided us up into like teams. Mm-hmm. And then we had like music playing and it was actually one of the highlights of my whole time there. Yeah, We all had so much fun and it was like really bonding with the girls, but it was just so funny trying to play soccer in rubber boots on like a tilted hill with like yeah. very long grass and then playing volleyball with like I don't know if anyone had played volleyball and yeah. definitely not recently. Absolutely. <laughs> so it was so fun and just like things like impressing you or like even if there was something that you weren't super hyped about and it's like, oh, that went better than I thought. So just like keeping an open mind going into things and like you never know when it's just going to be like such a valuable experience mm-hmm. or like such a good time. Yeah. And if you would have like closed yourself off to it, you never would have
1: experienced it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think speaking to continuous learning is really what practicum and Mm -hmm. study abroad is, is, yeah, and I think I really felt that with, like, the different different perceptions of time and the language and my host family's expectations of me and just so many things where I was like, oh, yes, like, okay. And, like, the open mind and, like, the graciousness you can bring to things can enrich them so much. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think that's something I'm continuously learning now of, like, oh, yeah, go do the thing and see if it's fun. And if it's not, that's fine. But, like, it could be so much better. And, like, yeah, running around in rubber boots that, like, don't fit you in, like, (laughs) (laughs) bumpy ground when I don't play soccer, like, yeah, it wasn't on my, like, top 10 list of things I wanted to do in my life. But absolutely, like, a highlight, I think, for all of us in, like, it our whole so time. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, it was so oh, good. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and just... Most of the girls were wearing skirts, yes. too. And one like, of the girls had such a big <laughs> skirt... I don't know. I think this is cheating. But I think this was a strategy she was using. <laughs> but she used her big skirt, and she just enveloped the soccer ball so that no <laughs> one could get it. And then she would just, like, run with it under her skirt and score a goal. And we're like, hey, lady. They were lady. so
2: good. And they were so intense. Yeah. And, again, our Spanish wasn't great at this time. No. So they would just be yelling commands for us. They'd be mm-hmm. like, Mia, like, go up there. And I'd be like, what? I have no clue mm-hmm. what's going on. Or
1: they'd forget and, like, speak in their indigenous language, which is totally different than the one we encountered around the lake. Mm-hmm. So then... That was cool too to have like multiple experiences with indigeneity in guatemala and one of them being like running around playing soccer was yeah. really great and like mm-hmm. bonding with those girls there was another time where we were weeding and i <laughs> oh was like I okay this. sure like let's go yeah. weed it they were
2: like we're gonna weed for an hour and i was like again i literally want to go lay down yeah (laughs) should have learned from the first time but
1: but you know continuous learning yep there it is (laughs) so we got like split up into different groups so each of us were in a different group of just Kekchi women Mm
2: -hmm. yeah that's right Kekchi? yeah
1: yeah there's Kekchi and kiche so then it's hard to know it's hard to know (laughs) um so then i was with four girls three of them were like young girls and one of them was like an a young woman who's like a gym teacher so she like knew spanish and then one of the girls was so cute and she just kept telling me like i know spanish words for things in a house and i was like great and then she would just list them to me were and so they i was spanish like, or the english they were spanish Spanish, okay and then and then she, and then the woman who was a teacher she was like i know an english word and i was like great so then she would tell me a couple of english words it was all very exciting and we were just like Traping yes. around the property with machetes, but I didn't get—I yes. wasn't allowed to use one.
2: That was so surprising. So we got split up. My, like, version of how it went down—we so got split up to groups, and I'm with this group, and a girl just like takes my hand and leads me into the forest, mm-hmm. whips out a machete, mm-hmm. and she just starts chopping down this banana tree. Oh yeah. And then she was like, "Do you want to try?" And I'm like, "All right." So we're just hacking down leaves mm-hmm. of this banana tree, and then when we finish, we like, she just like starts picking them up, and we just carried them and made a path. And it was a girl yeah. boss moment. And it was amazing. It was great.
1: Yeah, it was very cool. And it was so clear that these women knew exactly what they were doing. And it was so interesting because there was such a language barrier. It was just like a lot of gesturing. Yeah. I'm sure you know this too. <clears throat> but it's just like, yeah, one of the ladies told me, like, you don't get a machete. You have to weed. I was like, okay, <laughs> fair. But then she let me cut a banana leaf. And I was like, this is pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Look at me go. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That was really fun. The Cloud Forest was definitely a highlight um, for all of us, I think. And it's run by a really cool couple from the States who are just, like, really interesting Mm -hmm. to talk to and are doing really interesting work there as well. And then the women who are, like, running it and are participating are also just, like, yeah, very cool, have their own individual stories. And, like, we weren't able to, like, necessarily access them because of the language barrier. But, like, it was really clear in, like, what we heard about them and from them that, like really cool things were happening there
2: yeah yeah it was a very like holistic way like they mm. were focused it was like an education program for the women but the way that they ran the facility it was like all solar panel or energy and like the workers or like the way that they built the facility was like really honoring like the workers in the community and not like yeah. outsourcing it was just like a very like i don't know what the word is just like They were doing good in so many different areas, and seeing how these things can fit together, Mm -hmm. and like actually work.
1: Yeah, like sustainable and inclusive, and participatory. (laughs) In that, like the women who are a part of the walk program, which is like the women's program that happens in like the summertime, which is like November, November, December. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, they ran the facility while they were there, and they did the work of the place, and they were involved in. Um, creating the sustainability and learning about it. And they had, like, classroom time and also, like, hands-on time. Um, And then there are elements of the program where being a part of this program means you're bringing some of it back to your own community. So there's just, like, this exponential Mm -hmm. effect of, like, the learning and the knowledge that they're sharing. And a big part of it was, like, teaching about the birds and the indigenous plants and animals, which Mm -hmm. was really
2: cool. And the environment was a Mm -hmm. big part. You should talk about the composting toilets.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I love compost, and me and Perry got very excited about this. Um, but all of their toilets, and like in the whole facility, like including our rooms, were composting toilets. So they just use they use sawdust to like cover it, um, so it doesn't smell or anything. Like it's all like very like clean feeling, and then. The women who are a part of the program, and there's several women who stay there year round while they're doing their university, um, are in charge of the compost. Like, I think it's like a rotating chore system, so yeah. it's like not like, not some of the not girls like are like shafted, so duty. like it's fine. Um, but they have like a really specific way of doing it in order to like be safe um, and effective. And they layer um, the compost from the toilets with green matter from the area. So, like as they weed, like that's an important part of their compost system. And then they turn it several times. And then over the course of several months, then it becomes like usable compost, which they use in their reforesting program. So it's all just like really connected and yeah. like very cool. And it was also like really inspiring to be in an organization that clearly like, worked really well and. That was really cool. I feel like especially like post-COVID, like a lot of organizations are just like having a hard time, incredibly understandably. And so it was very cool to see like how effective the things that they were doing Mm -hmm. were and how like invested the women who are a part of it were as well.
2: Yeah.
0: I agree. All those things. (laughs) Those sound like such fantastic moments. Thank you so much for both sharing those. And it sounds like you had an amazing time from everything that you've said so far, but I know that with like all new experiences, especially those so far away from home, situations can come up that are more difficult than others. Mm-hmm. What were some challenges or unexpectedness that you faced and how did you deal with those experiences?
2: What came to mind when I was just like reflecting on challenges I had is just like, being the outsider especially when it came to language like Mm. especially when I didn't know Spanish really at all the first few weeks just like sitting at the table with my host family and they're all having a conversation and they're laughing and I'm like I have no clue what you're laughing about are you laughing about me are you laughing about something else I'm just feeling like so excluded like I was there but I wasn't really like there in the group Mm -hmm. and just kind of sitting there and for like hours at a time just kind of thinking so Mm -hmm. that was something that i i didn't really anticipate and it got better definitely with the language but i still never could understand a conversation that was happening really quickly between people Mm. so i would say just that and just feeling connected when like there was a large group of people it was very different when it was a one-on-one conversation because they kind of met you where you were at Mm -hmm. but just like groups and this dynamic also kind of played out at my practicum when all the workers were together and they spoke their different indigenous language and then I was like oh shoot like now I know like a fair amount of Spanish but I like have no chance at understanding that so Mm -hmm. just like the language dynamics I feel like for me and feeling connected to people when I couldn't always understand but there was different ways like that you would and a big one for me was just connecting one on one with people so then they were talking slower and then like I could share and stuff but yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had been, as I said, I lived abroad before and I did a German exchange when I really did not know very much German. So that like part of like navigating language was a little bit more familiar to me. Um, however, I've had quite a few host family experiences um, in like several different contexts. And I've always found them really difficult to know what is expected of me and how to build relationships in that way and what other people are hoping. And it feels like really big every time. And so that was really true for me the first two months of, uh, of this experience in Guatemala City. I really was, my host family was lovely. They were like so cute and nice. Um, but the, my siblings were quite a lot older and that's like very normal in Guatemala that older siblings would, or older children would live with their parents. So my siblings were 30 and 32. So there was like not a lot of like life happening in the house. So it felt hard to access. And I think I was like, as you had mentioned before, putting a lot of pressure on myself to like connect and do it correctly, which is not a real thing. Um, But (laughs) something I was really proud of and just like really enjoyed was my uh, host family experience in, um, the village in Panabach, where I stayed with an indigenous family. They spoke to and I had one host sister who spoke Spanish, so she was kind of like my entry to the family. I had some brothers, too, who also kind of spoke Spanish, but they were kind of like – they were little brothers, you know? (laughs) They were just a little sassy sometimes, so I was a little bit scared of them. Um, But I also ended up sharing a room in the village, which I wasn't anticipating, so it was just a little bit like, oh, okay, like I don't really have my own space – and there was like seven little neighborhood children that would like i don't i don't think they'd seen very many white people before so it was like really exciting we'd play a lot which was really great and like a really wonderful way to connect to the community but it was just also just like a lot of like not me time and like <laughs> not or like time with like big differences between the people and like lack of communication but it ended up being like a really wonderful way to um engage and I really connected with that family and even with my mom who like spoke very very little Spanish um so that was really lovely that I was able to have like a host family experience where like I didn't feel that pressure and there wasn't as much external pressure to connect because like no one really speaks the same language so if you like kind of all make a joke together and laugh like it's big win. like everyone's pumped Mm -hmm. (laughs) which like that felt really good as well so I think if anyone is like hoping to do a Stamos in the future and like host family part is like what would be like would be the barrier for them um I totally understand that it is difficult but there's also so much good and just like joy that can come from those connections especially when you're in the perspective of like anything is really really great um yeah so that was something I think that guatemala was helpful for me in overcoming and just like taking up space in the home that i was living in and building relationships also on my own terms as well as um yeah just including everybody else in their expectations too
2: yeah and i feel like we talked about this a bit Signe, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the things in guatemala that were really hard and like in the moment didn't feel great Mm -hmm. on the flip side it was like i'm really happy i did that even though it was really challenging like the host families were definitely one of them and just like Mm -hmm. investing in that because then after it's like you have like that strong connection and it just really adds to the experience even though it was really hard and I think back to like sometimes where I was like sitting through like a two-hour church service in like an indigenous language or in Spanish when Mm -hmm. they didn't know it and I was like was not having the best time of my life but I'm really happy that I did it and I like was there and present just because you gain so much yeah yeah totally and just
1: like patience with those things where you're like what is going on I don't really know (laughs) what we're doing here um but recognizing I feel like that's too like kind of a western idea of like got to get the most out of everything all the time and just like letting yourself be like you know if I understand two words of this sermon I'm excited or like if I yeah if I last through and even just like sitting through those things and being patient with those experiences, you really notice your own growth as mm-hmm. well. Like church the first day, it was like two days into Guatemala and we went to church and it happened so late and it was so long and we were all like didn't know what was going on the whole time. Um, and we had to stand up and sing the doxology. So there was just like a lot going <laughs> on. Um, and then my last church service when I was living in Panabak, um I got to wear like the cultural dress um, and go to church. I had worn it for like some more like bigger events and I was like oh lovely and then they're like do you want to wear it for church I was like sure so I went to church in my appeal and I like sat beside this random guy and he after the church sort of started talking to me in Spanish I was like oh like where are you from what are you doing here why are you a white person in appeal this is very weird and I was like so true but like <laughs> how different that church experience was Um, just because I had like sat through those experiences already and I had the answers and I had the Spanish and, um, yeah, really like seeing the growth and how much, how different I experienced those things from the beginning to end. Like those like things that like feel long and hard can be really good benchmarks of your experience.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for both sharing those more difficult experiences. (laughs) I feel like I can really relate to from my time in Guatemala and out of town Where I was really nervous to be in a host Mm -hmm. family, especially, like, in a language that I didn't really know, like, at Mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, of course it was awkward. Mm -hmm. And, like, I did feel like an outsider for a long time. Maybe even the whole time. But, Mm -hmm. like, like you said, it was so worth it. And it made the experience so much better. And, like, I'm glad that I did it. And I'm glad that it happened. And, Mm -hmm. like, just those kind of awkward, long (laughs) situations Mm -hmm. where you don't really know yeah, like there's always something that you can kind of learn from it. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, like learning just even like to slow down or mm-hmm. just to like appreciate the moment. I feel mm-hmm. like even though there are hard times, like that's kind of part of the program. Like that's mm-hmm. really what you're signing up for. And it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. That's something else we were talking about earlier is how that experience of feeling like an outsider is pretty pretty much a part of most study abroad experiences or like being abroad experiences especially when you're there for an extended period of time and how valuable that in itself is and really truly knowing what it feels like to be different from the people around you and not having access to the things they're talking about or the activities they're doing or their lives even um and yeah just over like being patient and overcoming that and building relationship anyway i think that's probably the most valuable thing to me about um yeah, going to other places is practicing what it looks like to relate to difference and, um, yeah, creating relationships with people who are different than you um, because you know what it feels like to be an outsider. And I think that's one of the biggest things we can bring home is knowing what it feels like to, like, my family didn't pray before meals. Um, Well, like, I don't think any of either of my host families. And so, When I went to somebody else's house and they would pray, I was like, oh, like I had already started eating and I was like, oh my goodness, like I really messed up, whatever. And I think that was really helpful in my experience of my, like I'm a Christian, so my Christian faith of like, how can I be inclusive when people don't really know like the, the things that we do? um and those things are different from family to family here in Canada as well so I think yeah that was the most valuable thing I think I've learned across my experiences abroad is what it feels like to be excluded unintentionally and how to enter that situation well and how to welcome people in
0: yeah I agree (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much for those insights and reflections on that I, I really liked hearing that Coming back from being away from friends and family for so long, I feel like you often have kind of, like, a tool belt of stories mm. that you make sure to tell, like, <laughs> everyone you talk to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if there's a really good memory, even though you've shared a lot, or a funny story that kind of encapsulates your experience in Guatemala.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, This story is just, like, one day that when I think back to, like the best day in Guatemala, I think, of this day. And I feel like it encapsulates, like, just a main theme of not really knowing what's going on, Mm -hmm. but just having, like, an absolute blast. So this one day we were going to uh, the most northern part of Guatemala called Mm Tikal. So we woke up at 4 in the morning, I think, and we were getting ready to go on a flight there. None of us knew, like, we didn't know what was going to happen yeah. that day, but it turned out to be a blast. Mm-hmm. So we flew there. We, like, get in the car with this driver. He was super cool and chill, and he, he was, was actually... He was on Survivor.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just so... It's Luis from Survivor. Season yeah. four. I don't know. He was a driver. He was really excited about it. He still had his, like, Survivor, like, buff, you know, that they give to people. He put it on for the pictures. And he-
2: said every line that he said on the show to us yes he did <laughs> he oh did gosh. do that it and was after wonderful. he told us he said so does anyone want to take a picture with me <laughs> and we're like yep we'll make a wow. line Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> no so then we go we drive to Tikal and we start climbing these Mayan temples mm-hmm. and we we're in like a national park mm-hmm. type of thing and it was just really cool learning and seeing these like huge Mayan temples and like climbing to the top of them and seeing like in the distance how many there were Um, And then we went, we were like super hot and tired after this, and then we went to this restaurant in the middle of the jungle, and they gave us these like cold towels to put around our neck, and it was just... Perfect for after, mm-hmm. and we all had pesto pasta, mm-hmm. and it was wonderful. It was, really it was pesto pasta in the jungle, mm-hmm. and then we like, wow, it's been a day. Like we've like flown here, we've like had this like amazing tour guide, and like hiked these temples, and like learned so much about this specific area. We also saw toucans in the wild, mm-hmm. uh, a giant spider, mm-hmm. and these cute little animals that I don't remember their yeah, names. I don't remember. What they called. were very pesky, like mm-hmm. very like in your face kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then we're like going and then there's a ziplining place and the guy's like, why don't we go ziplining? And we're like, sure. So we go ziplining and we're so high up in the trees that there's like monkeys like swinging beside us. And it was just so cool. And then we're like, wow, it's really like been a day. Like it's just been so fun and like so jam packed. And we go back to like the coolest hotel I've ever been to. It's called Gringo Paradido, which is (laughs) lost gringo. (laughs) And it was so cool. And we like got there just as the sun was setting and we went swimming in the lake. And then we had supper all together and just like Mm -hmm. talked and it was just like such a cool day of just like we had no clue what to expect and things were just awesome all day Mm -hmm. and we had so much fun. Kind of like I was saying earlier about keeping an open mind about what's going to happen next and how things are going to go. But yeah, it was just a very fun day.
0: Mm-hmm. that sounds yeah. like literally like a travel advertisement
1: yeah <laughs> amazing. it was very fun it was very cool yeah that was a great day I think my story goes along with the same like unexpectedness that Mia was talking about I got to go to my host sister's graduation um, and she's also turning 18 at the time so like it was just like a big deal and so like November is the end of the school year so we they offered that I could wear like the wapil and the, all the traditional dress, which was like really really exciting. So, like I like had to. It was just I needed a lot of help. There's like a lot of like wrapping and tying, and <laughs> I just didn't know what to do. Um, but then, like I was told what time to come home from work, and I got home, and I just like sat there for a while. They gave me some lunch. I think it was instant noodles. No. Yes. I got I dressed in my whupeel and then I ate the instant noodles and I was like, this is Guatemala and I had a great time. <laughs> instant noodles was like one of my favorite meals in Punta it was So good. So good. So then we took a pickup. So that's like just like a pickup truck, but then everyone stands in the back and that's like the general public transport. We took amazing. a pickup to like a hotel on the other side of Santiago and I was like, oh, this is so fancy. And then of course I had to go early with Anna. So then that's my host sister. So then I was just like standing around. Didn't know what to do. Waiting for the family to come. Ended up sitting with our younger brother. um, And it ended up being like four hours long. Really didn't know what was going on most of the time. Most of it was in Spanish. So I caught most of it. Um, I think there was only like maybe 15 graduating students. However, the event is four hours long. And we were like sitting in plastic chairs. Hanging out with all the cousins who came. Um, And then at the end... They were playing this cover of Rolling in the Deep, but it was a saxophone <laughs> cover, and it was on repeat, and I was just sitting there, I just I just didn't know what was going on, and it would just come up in the playlist so often, and so we were just listening to Rolling in the Deep, uh, some random guy asked for a selfie with me because like a oh white person of appeal and i was like for sure so I took a selfie with this guy other guy was like who even are you like in spanish and i was like oh i'm just i'm like from canada like i'm just living here and he's like oh very cool like ask me more questions got to be in some like family photos um yeah so it was just like a really special time and i think really significant both for me and my host family that i got to be there uh, and then we had like a party for her like in the next week and Perrin Ainsley got to wear like their family appeals and like come to the party and birthday parties in Guatemala are like very specific and very intense, at least in my experience. I went to like three while I was there. I didn't get
2: with any. I'm really not <laughs> sure how that
1: happened, um, but there's like lots of like prayer involved and like community engagement. And there was like a bunch of different like musical elements as well. And then another just very funny like study abroad experience um <laughs> during dinner like they were handing out these like styrofoam plates of like with i don't even know what food it was it wasn't beans yeah, i specifically I what remember it was. what it was, was
2: probably it probably it wasn't
1: patin <laughs> do you yeah. know what patin yeah. is uh, it wasn't that it though was, i thought it was gonna be it patin. Was probably patin rap- is just meat in a banana leaf
2: but the other one. So oh. Hmm. I don't know.
1: Are you talking about tamales? Tamales! It wasn't tamales. That's not <laughs> Me, a I'm not a huge fan of tamales, I have to say. I'm so sorry, but really Me spent either. all the month of November dodging tamales, and I was very unsuccessful, so... Yeah. But I think it was just like, I don't know, it was a plate of food. They're handing them out. And then my host sister like comes and gets me, Perry and Ainsley, and like takes us to me and Anna's room. And there's like a table set up there for like the three of us to sit. And (laughs) so so the three of us were eating dinner by ourselves in the room. And we're like, what is going on? Like, I think it's like the guests of. I'm like, this is not our birthday party. Like, I'm so confused. And we're just like, the part of the traditional dress is like a really tight sash. So we're like struggling to digest this food. And they're drinking. They're giving us coffee to drink at like 9 p.m. And it was just kind of a wild time. And then once we got out of the room, everyone was gone. So we're just like, okay. (laughs) So it's really crazy, but like again, really fun to be a part of, and really like. I think, meaningful to the family as well. And even what my host mom, like, made a little speech in the middle of it and was like, we're so happy to have, like, these three girls a part of our life. And that was just, like, really meaningful that we heard that so much while we were there um, and how cool it is that those, like, kind of connections can be made in such a short time. Yeah. So yeah. wild experience of a classic long Guatemalan event. <laughs> but, yeah, really good and very special and, like, important to, like, persevere through some of that unknown
2: yeah I just thought of something else and it was just my time on the bus initially I was very hesitant to take the bus because I was like by myself in a new place I didn't know the language but the bus was such a vibe and I absolutely loved it so it was a chicken bus and these are like privately run buses you've probably been on Kira um and it's like all colorful on the outside and like people can decorate it however they want And, like, music just pumping in there, super loud. And just, like, random stuff hanging from the ceiling. No door, ever. Mm. And normally someone just kind of, like, hanging out the side. So I would just get on, and it just, like, I was so happy on the bus every day because there was so much to, like, watch and stuff. One day some guy came and just performed on the bus, like, a rap, and it was amazing. And and one of the key songs that I loved on the bus was My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion (laughs) in Spanish. So... It was always good times on the bus. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, good stories. Mia walking into Spanish school and being like, guess what happened on the bus, today?" <laughs> yeah.
2: It was never dull. And the second bus I took was, like, a little mini bus called a micro bus. And it looked like a surfing van just with, like, out a door. And we would all cram into these. Like, it still had the seats in them. Just absolutely cram into them. And the driver would just, like, go ham, like, getting us there as fast as possible, hitting potholes, hitting speed bumps. And... It was just always a wild time on the bus and I loved it because I never knew what to expect. Yeah, (laughs)
1: transportation in Guatemala just is just a truly special experience just all around.
0: It is. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing those amazing stories. I really like I feel like I would want to be there with you when that Mm -hmm. happened. They Mm -hmm. sound so fun. Next, I have a surprise for you. Oh, we are transporting to Guatemala right now. Yes. Wild. (laughs) So fun. (laughs) What is one thing you wish you could eat, oh! one place you wish you could visit, and one activity you wish we could do? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes, exciting. Yes, I'm so
2: excited. <laughs> Let me go first so you don't take mine. Okay. Because <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> one thing we'd be eating right now is a chocolate banana from this specific place in the Novi Center mm-hmm. with nuts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Novi Center is the mall across from the mall our by Spanish our school. school. Sorry. <laughs>
2: That's where we are right now, um, paying for a one quetzal chocolate banana which yeah. is equivalent to 17 cents
1: yeah this place also has several other kinds of fruit you can cover it with chocolate True. which is just so good
2: or maybe the place this was my favorite well second favorite chocolate banana place because it had the benefits listed on the wall of like why you should eat a chocolate banana and i was like yes i don't need to be convinced anymore <laughs> <laughs> i'm eating one every day for the rest of my time
1: here. amazing Uh, I would eat a pan dulce Mm, from specifically this little, like, for real, a hole in the wall um, (laughs) bakery uh, that was just, like, kind of by our pickup stop where we were besties with, like, the pickup guy. His name was Pedro, and he wore a shark hat that had a picture of a shark, and it said shark also in Comic Sans, and so we would pick up baking on our way home, and we would get um six pan dulce which are these like round sweet buns with these little like i don't know stuff on the top i don't know what it is
2: made out of like sugar and butter so it makes it yeah,
1: sweet. it's really good and then we also would be a little bit adventurous and like get different things so we got like several fun shaped cookies mm. and also yeah we got mini pan dulce one time it was this really good bakery and it was all like 10 kids else for like 15 things so that was really good yeah, I love Penn Sorry, I
2: have another thing to add. Um, Another place we're stopping real quick is Set Cafe. <gasps> this is our, like, we claimed it as our cafe Truly. in Santiago. What We'd was the guy's there.
1: name? Ainsley would always talk to him. Oh, my
2: goodness. We, like, took a picture with the worker when we left because yeah. we
1: visited him so much. He's so iconic. And he, we would see, we him, would see riding him riding around <laughs> Santiago in a little moped doing deliveries. And we would always wave because we're like, we
2: know you. Yeah.
1: What was his name? Ed?
2: Uh, I don't uh, know. I have a picture right here. <laughs> what was his name? No. Ugh. I love them. They were so sweet. I'll call it. Anyways, easy we now. are getting a classic <laughs> crepe there. Um, crepe, banana, mm-hmm. extra, Nutella, and mm-hmm. strawberries. And whipped cream.
1: Yeah. Solid. Good crepes there.
0: Amazing. So after we feast, <laughs> where are we visiting?
1: Oh. Ho, 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 ho.
0: Okay, where are we visiting and what are we doing? Are those yeah, two w- separate? Or could be the same. Okay. Or we could do two little adventures. Like we have time. Okay. We have time. Okay. I would love to be
2: back at the lake in Santiago taking a little
0: boat taxi. What are they called? Lanchas.
2: Lanchas. Those are
1: janky and they're so fun.
2: (laughs) They're so fun. We took a ride at night once and it gets a little choppy at night. So the boat was literally like...
1: And it was also raining at the same time. (laughs) It was really good. I have several of my favorite pictures from the trip off from that Lancha ride.
2: It was amazing. So yeah, we're taking a Lancha. We're going to one of like... The different villages around the lake. I would say... Are we going to
1: Panajachel for an activity?
2: We we could go to Panajachel <laughs> for an activity or San Pedro. Those are like my two favorite. And San Marcos. I like the those three. Um, The activity we did there was paragliding and that was like really, really amazing. But we're going to try something new today. Okay. Maybe ziplining across those oh, canyons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We didn't do that Very while we cool. were there, but we were going to. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I think I would go back to the cloud forest. I loved it there. It was like such a cool, mm. like I just love sustainable systems and the food was so good. And the bread was so good. And oh, the jam was the jam. so good. Homemade sourdough oh buns and jam. Okay. Maybe it's that. Oh, no, that's, that's another thing we have to eat is the plum jam. Oh my goodness. So Too good. good. Um And then
2: <gasps> I have something else I want to <laughs> eat. My host mom's fried chicken and broccoli.
1: oh you love that (laughs) true sorry that was a side note no that's good i have to add
0: the broccoli in
1: guatemala is so so good good. (laughs) oh i love that i didn't really have a lot of broccoli
2: i didn't either but then she knew i loved this meal and she would be like i made you
1: your favorite lunch and i was like i'm gonna cry it's so nice oh my gosh so cute where would I go? Yeah, probably the Cloud Forest. Like, just loved it there, and it's just like such cool buildings and like interesting things going on. And they have like sheep, and you can go for a walk to look for snakes and go to the back cave. So yeah. just like cool stuff, very cool stuff. Activity. Ooh,
2: I know. I, don't know. I feel like one other person. Well, Malcolm <laughs> and I um, hiked the. Acatenango volcano and stayed the night at the top. And that was such a cool experience. It was very hard. It was very cold up there, but I would totally love to do that again. And especially because when we were there, it wasn't clear at the summit. So I'd love to do that again and see it clear.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Very cool. I don't know. I think even just like going for crepes at the end of the day oh. was just like the best thing ever. I also, okay, this is really small, but our pickups, pickup rides were so much fun. So, much so they're fun. just like the back of a pickup truck. They have these like frames on them for like holding on, mm-hmm. except we were all too tall for them. So I kept hitting my head. But then like you, it's like one or two, it's like two or three kids styles. And then you like have to like smack the roof of the truck in order to get <laughs> off. And it was just always just like such a lovely time. And it on our was. way to one of the places we worked, me, Perry and Ainsley, we would take the pickup all the way to the end of the line and then walk about a kilometer to Um, like the home building they had yeah home base Um, and that was just always so fun and we also had a dog there named Chi Chi and it was just so cute Chi Chi would come and meet us in the morning and then follow us at the end of the day Um, just a little secret I would often give Chi Chi my lunch because there was some (laughs) confusion about who was giving me lunch and Juan our supervisor would bring me hot lunch every day and I was like you know I'll eat hot lunch instead of cold beans (laughs) i'll do it so yeah but that was really fun too even just like the daily life and like the pickup rides and then like going for coffee and crepes at the end of the day like those i think are some of my favorite times
2: i loved the trucks like Mm -hmm. the wind blowing in your hair and you're just living did you ever take a truck in the rain though with the tarp over? oh the tarp
1: is scary it
2: is because you don't know where you're going and you're like crouched under and that was the time i also love tuk tuks. They were amazing. It was oh, like, we yeah. probably went on one also, but it's like a motorcycle converted into a car type of thing. So like yeah. the driver's steering with a motorcycle, but there's like three places to sit in the back. And one day we, there was four of us going somewhere and normally there's only two or three people in a tuk-tuk, but they were like, no, we only have one. So I literally climbed in the trunk of it and then there was three people sitting and it was the wildest ride of my life and it was very fun. <laughs>
1: Also, fun fact, Mia would call all these forms of transportation the bus, <laughs> including lanchas, which are boats. Yeah. <laughs> so everything you just is never know. Bus. Everything <laughs> is the bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As it is. That's yeah. just true.
0: Amazing. I'm so, I'm literally looking forward to our trip. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so yeah. excited. <laughs> so and so we're down. transporting there in three, two, one. <laughs> Woo! <Whee! laughs> just the arms up this chocolate banana was so good (laughs) 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 amazing so why would you encourage other students to consider going on a stamos
1: I would encourage anyone to do a Stamos because I think taking the opportunity to have any cross-cultural experience is really important, regardless of who you are, what degree you're doing or where you see yourself going in life. I think that it's helpful for creating relationships once you come back home. And I think a Stamos does a really good job of matching that unfamiliarity and that sometimes like physical discomfort with like people, you know, and um, yeah, like rooted in support as well. So you feel like you can enter those spaces and i think it's really an exercise in perseverance and growing in yourself and who you are and figuring out where you're going and the applicability of what you've been studying i just think that it's really helpful um for anyone to have cross-cultural experiences and really take that time to like do something and overcome any like concerns or worries or like challenges that inevitably come with living abroad Um, and I know that was a really important thing for a lot of us who went, who did things that we didn't think we could. And Mm -hmm. we're taking that absolutely into the rest of our lives.
2: You're taking the words right out of my (laughs) mind. Um, that's what I was kind of thinking. Like, I know everyone going in was like. A bit unsure what to expect, but I feel like we all really impressed ourselves with what mm-hmm. we are capable of, and it just is a really cool way of broadening your horizon, like a knowledge about yourself and like mm-hmm. cultural knowledge and world knowledge and it's just a really neat opportunity, and it really fits well into whatever you're doing. like I've never really found something that fits this well, like yeah, I didn't really know where my degree was taking me, but it was the perfect way to learn. Um, so I feel like if you're considering Estamos, just just go for it. Mm. Just take a leap, and you will impress yourself with what you're capable of. You're going to learn so much and have so many cool experiences. And yeah, it's challenging, but like the challenging is the kind of what makes it so meaningful and special. Mm-hmm. Actually, I just want to say one other story. Um, <laughs> if you go on a you will likely have a very happy trip. <laughs> and the reason I say happy trip, not trip, is because once I think it was when I was leaving my host family for a little bit, my host dad came up to me and he normally only speaks Spanish, and he was like, "Bien viaje, Mia," and that's in Spanish, like have a good trip. And then he was like, "Do you know what that means?" And I was like. No, and then he was like, have a happy twip, and it was the cutest thing it ever. It was so
1: cute, and we talked about it so much, and then we were in Tikal the next day, <laughs> and we met up with these random girls who lost their guide, and then we found their guide again, and then I told them to have a great twip. <laughs> Just really by accident. It was very embarrassing. Yeah,
0: so I, you're
2: going to have a happy twip if
1: you yeah. go to a there it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you both so much for sharing all your stories. I feel like I want to go to Guatemala now again. You should. Yeah. Because <laughs> all of your experiences sound so amazing. And it's just so good to hear that you learned so much and you just had such a great semester abroad. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And also, if you know who any of the Estamos kids yeah. who just went are, I'm speaking for everyone that we would be really happy to talk about yeah. it. If you just find us in the halls, Absolutely. shoot us a DM whatever it is yeah
2: we would love to chat yeah mm-hmm. and thank you so much Kara for having us yeah it thank you so much this is <laughs> so fun <laughs> talk and reflect again
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely
0: once again thank you so much to Signe and Mia for joining us and sharing about your experience on Estamos. I don't know about you but after hearing those amazing adventures and transformative reflections I think I need to visit Guatemala again if you're thinking something similar, you are in luck! Estamos is looking for students to join their Fall 2023 team. Applications are due by February 28th. If you want to apply but can't get your application in by that deadline, or have any further questions about the program, please reach out to Estamos Director Tim Cruikshank. If you'd like to read up on more information about Estamos, visit the CMU website and find Study Abroad under the Academics tab. That brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you all for tuning in to this special episode. We're so glad you're here. Once again, I'm Kara. And I'm Andrew. And, and we, we are, are Wittenberg, Wittenberg Radio. Radio.